Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello again, Commodore fans. My name is Billy Derrick. Welcome into episode number 24 of The Door Report. We are presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day and get your job started today by emailing Jimmy Alaco. That's jimmyalaco at comcast.net. They're located right here in Nashville, so it's nice and easy uh, to locate them if you are a native of the Music City or moving into the Music City. And you can also call them at their, uh, on, on their phones at 615-356-0303 or log on to their website. That's alacohardwoodflooring.com. Alaco Hardwood Flooring, perfect floors, whatever your style. Welcome in once again. This is episode 24 of The Door Report. We are continuing to stay hot. We started off our streak with Jerry Stackhouse, and then a few days later we had Juwan Williams. And two days after that, we've got Tim Corbin on the podcast today. How about that? The GOAT himself, two national championships in, uh, in the Vanderbilt baseball program. I mean, they just, they are the Titans. They've become the Titans of college baseball. I will talk to Tim Corbin a little bit later here in the podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. That's at door underscore report on Twitter. We are, I think, 18 followers away from uh, 1,000. So that is, uh, that's one of our goals we need to reach. Hopefully within this next week, we need your help with that, Commodore fans. Also hit us up on Instagram. We just reached 100 followers there. That is door.report on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page. That is The Door Report. And also go to YouTube, search The Door Report, and click on the subscription button. Subscribe buttons as you can uh, subscribe to all of our podcasts. Listen to most of them on YouTube. We also have started uploading uh, the last few here on SoundCloud, and we are working on submitting our podcast to iTunes. So hopefully uh, Commodore Nation will finally have the door report on iTunes, make it a little bit easier on our fans. It's now time for the breaking news before we talk to Tim Corbin, presented by the Recycling Dudes. You may ask, who are the Recycling Dudes? Well, their brothers, Graydon Chapman, and their dad, Drew Smith, who is a Metro Nashville firefighter, they pick up your glass, separate it, and take it to be recycled. They also offer monthly service as well as one-time party pickup. On top of that, they offer trash and recycling to curb service weekly in the Westmead area. Living in Westmead where they have recycling pickup that doesn't include glass, the recycling dudes recognized a need for a service that would take glass to the recycling for busy homeowners who care about our environment. They have a variety of service levels to fit every need and budget starting as low as $10 per month. All you have to do is sign up on their website at RecyclingDudes.com. Dot com. We continue this podcast with our first piece of news. It may not be a piece of news, but it's just a simple update on Romello White. Obviously, Arizona State forward, he entered the transfer portal a few weeks ago. It's nearly a few weeks ago. And the buzz was that Vanderbilt is the favorite because of his relationship with Jerry Stackhouse. Uh, but it's been kind of all quiet on his front, not just his front, but on the Vanderbilt University front. Uh, we tweeted out a story uh, from Braden McPherson on the door report and you know he did a great job of just sort of assessing where things stand right now and 
Um, you know, we had Jerry Stackhouse on the show. We did ask him. We're not allowed to publicly speak on what he told us that will stay in-house. But, again, they, he is a target. Uh, Romello is a target of Stackhouse and his staff. Hopefully things can work out on both sides. And, again, Sports Illustrated's All-American College basketball insider Jason Jordan, we're going to try to get him on the podcast later this week. He took things a step further. He told Commodore Country on SI.com that – he believes he's headed to Vandy. So, you know, maybe it's just a matter of time. It's just a waiting game between the university admissions office and Romello White right now. No surprise for Vanderbilt fans on that. That's been going on, uh, you know, for, for, for decades now. So hopefully, you know, hopefully things don't turn into a disaster and we can just make this Romello White accusation happen. Uh, that's, that's where I think most Vanderbilt fans are um, at this point in time. Real quick here before we talk baseball, uh, Chayden Peary is a Sierra Canyon quarterback. He is a uh, member of the class of 2021. He put Vanderbilt in his top nine, along with schools like Maryland, Louisiana Lafayette, and others. So, again, should be interesting to see if we can get that young kid out of uh, Southern California, Sierra Canyon High School. You know, he, he, he's, he's uh, expected to have a big year this year, his last year there at Sierra Canyon, and then, you know, hopefully we can get him out of the West Coast. One more piece of news here before we get to Tim Corbin. Vanderbilt Baseball Senior Week was supposed to be this upcoming week. Drew Baxley, Chase Casale, Ty Duvall, and Harry Ray, those are the four men that helped capture three regional titles, a super regional title, and a national title. Traditionally, Coach Corbin would use this week to celebrate the seniors in his program who have completed their athletic eligibility but obviously with the coronavirus, they are not able to. Here is head coach Tim Corbin speaking on his four seniors. Traditionally, we use the upcoming week to celebrate the seniors in our program who've completed their athletic eligibility. Because of the obvious circumstances, we'll take another approach to honor them and speak to their individual contributions to our program. I want to first congratulate all four boys on earning their degree and graduating from Vanderbilt University. That in itself is a tremendous accomplishment. You all have been part of something that is very special. As you move forward, you'll understand that there are few opportunities in your life where you can be on a mission of significance. This was certainly one of them. I hope you all felt your own individual impact on this program. The environment was certainly better because you were part of it. During your time here, we won a lot of baseball games. You won three regional titles, one super regional title, and of course last year winning the national championship. A lot of special moments. But your baseball success only speaks to part of your story. You all came into a program when a team was trying to recover from heavy grief, and now you'll be leaving it with a foundation of great strength. That is to your credit. I'd like to thank your parents for the sacrifices that they've made to make Vanderbilt a reality for you while also placing trust in us to help develop you. We appreciate their support and selflessness as well. We thank you all very much for serving the university the way you did, our baseball program, and finishing what you started. That's the GOAT himself, Tim Corbin. I will ask him a little bit more about the digital platform of the Senior Week this week and a whole lot more. Stay tuned for head coach Tim Corbin here on The Door Report. I am now honored to welcome in a very special guest here into the Door Report. His name is Tim Corbin. You all know him as the Vanderbilt baseball coach, two-time national champion, four appearances 
uh, to the College World Series in Omaha. Coach Corbs, thank you so much for doing this. My pleasure, Billy. Coach, I want to first uh, start, uh, you know, this week you'll be recognizing Drew Baxley, Chase Casale, Ty Duvall, and Harry Ray. This group, uh, I mean, can't, can't be said enough. They helped capture three regional titles, a super regional title, and a national title. Now, traditionally, you would use this week uh, to celebrate these seniors in your program. Due to the coronavirus, how will you be doing that differently this year? Well, they're just doing it through social media, and I, I don't know the, the full plans of it, but uh, we all were instrumental in giving some information to social media and them putting putting it together. That's Andrew Pate, our sports information director. So I think throughout the week, he, and, and I should mention Brooks Webb too, because he was very influential in this, putting information together for those kids, and uh, they'll just put it out publicly. So it should be another way to recognize them. Coach, with Mother's Day being today, this is usually a really special day for baseball players across the country, you know, not only in major leagues. I know a lot of your guys love to honor their mothers, you know, in the past years. Can't do that, obviously, this year. What was your first thought when you realized this season would be cut short? Oh, I mean, it's so many thoughts going through my mind for the for the players. I mean, it's a, it's a loss more than anything else. It's It's just such an unusual situation that can't really fathom it too much. I mean, you wake up every morning to a dream and think that, okay, this is going to be over, but it's not. And now the reality is we're eight weeks into this and eight weeks without baseball. And uh, we're just going day by day in terms of how we're operating. And I know the players are too. I mean, I think there's a lot of unanswered questions, obviously, about what their futures look like. But we can't really answer them too much right now. We just hope that there's some type of normal educational behavior once August and September roll around where we, we can start to get right back into the, the fold of, of operating like teachers and coaches and students again, and, and we hope that's the case. You mentioned the coronavirus and, and the way it's affected so many different people. Obviously, uh, the doctors and nurses all around the country, you've taken time out of, uh, from your Twitter to honor them. What inspired you to, to start uh, your local hero series on Twitter, Coach? Well, I think it's just talking to our personal doctor and understanding the strain of events that uh, that's occurring with doctors throughout the country. And I realize in other areas it's it, it's very it's it, very intense. Whether it's New York City, whether it's Boston right now, whether it's been Nashville, and I can only imagine what it's like to to be in the middle of that. And then to try to save lives and, and try to keep people from getting sick. So um, it was just a way, just a simple way. I'm not really too much in social media, but um, once this started, then I, I decided to because it was a way just to not not motivate, but build the morale of, of doctors and nurses and, and really everyone who works over in the hospital systems because there's so many people that make things work just like our situation so we just wanted to honor them as best we possibly could and do it in a daily fashion and so far I think it's 34 straight days that we've done it and uh, it's been enjoyable too because I've learned a lot personally. Yeah it's really been awesome I think you know many people have done similar things and you know the way the way you've been able to honor them has been awesome for, for Vandy fans to realize and you mentioned New York City and Boston obviously you know I'm sure you have tons of family still up there and many friends that 
you know, you, you know, are grieving at this point. I want to, I want to kind of swing that into recruiting. Initially, you had coach a heavy presence in the northeast part of the country, and you know, you still hold on to that. And you know, you could essentially pick and choose from that region. Is that simply because of your roots in that area? I think so. I mean, it's my familiarity with players in that area. It's my familiarity with coaches and uh, evaluators in that area more than anything else. And um, I think we like to go throughout the country to, to get our players. We're, we're pretty diverse in, in what we do, and I think that's only natural, and we'd like to keep it that way, too. It, it mimics the, the university as a whole, but I like the learning piece that the kids get by coming from different states and coming from different backgrounds, and that's what we've done. We had 19 different states on our team this year, and I think we have 20 next year, depending on who's here but uh, we like it we, we've delved into california we've delved into the northeast we've delved into washington and florida and texas and so on so we, we're pretty spread out throughout the country but we like that yeah as as demanding as the athlete, as the academics are here at vanderbilt coach what do you say to these kids who, who might be considering schools who who don't have as stringent of academic focuses and you know what what do you say to them you know that separates vanderbilt from those other schools well, I mean, it's a we're a private school, obviously. We're small, which I, I think is a certain fit for kids. But we're not a fit for everyone, and I understand that. And, I, and all I speak to is Vanderbilt. Uh, if they're looking at other schools, which they should be, because they need to compare and they need to see what life could look like. Um, some do, some don't. But I just speak to our situation and um, – the intensity of it, uh, it's not easy. Uh, your, your days are, are, are very uh, tight in terms of windows of opportunity for education. Then from a baseball standpoint, they spend a great deal of time in our facility, not just in the training environment, which is three to four hours, but the uh, environment prior to that, which is getting ready, then after that. So there, there's a lot of hours spent down here. So your days are, are pretty filled up. So we're looking for a specific kid that's very motivated, that's a self-starter, and that wants to be good, but wants to be good in, in, in certain areas. And I, I think the kids that fit best for us are kids that have a real high care level for, for what they're doing academically and, and athletically. And if that happens, then typically they, they do well in this environment. But um, as I said from the get-go, Bill, it's not, it's not a – it's not a fit for everyone. I, I think that, and that's the biggest thing. I, in the years that have gone by, uh, I, I used to feel like I was recruiting. Now it's more presenting the situation, and if it works for a young man, it does. If it doesn't, that's fine too. You mentioned the fit, Coach David Price is a guy that obviously you know began to change the culture a little bit, and then you got guys like Dansby and Bueller, and you know countless other guys. Speaking on Price first, how was it tough to recruit him, and what 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 was the road like for him to being that number one overall pick in the draft? Well, Vanderbilt's had good players prior to David Price, and and prior to, to me being here too. I mean, Jeremy Sowers was one yep. of them as I got here, and I I don't want to leave any of those out. And when I speak to David, I I do mean that. He helped change the, the culture, but I, I don't want to minimize anyone else that was involved in the program. Was it hard to recruit David? I, I don't think it was hard. I think once we got involved with him and Bonnie and Deb, his parents, then they could see that 
this situation could actually fit him pretty well because it was a, a smaller school. He had an opportunity to uh, to get to know his his uh, his teachers. Certainly, small enough from a baseball standpoint. And I, I think the thing that David always wanted to do is he he wanted to build a a, a program. He didn't want to rent one. He didn't want to go to a program that had already been built. He wanted to help build it himself. And you think about what that young man's done in the time that he started to right now, he's, he's continued to build a program long after he's left. But I think what he was is an attractor. You know, he attracted other people like him. And from him, you went to Ryan Flaherty and David Price and Mikey Miner and Sonny Gray and so on. And I, I think what's what's amazing inside the roster, Bill, that, you know, of all the kids and all the states is the amount of first-round pitchers that have come from the state of Tennessee. Yes, sir. And David, David was kind of the key to that. That was the start of something that was really special. And you think about the first-rounders in our program that are from the state of Tennessee that pitch – it was David Price to begin with, so uh, we were certainly lucky to have him here. Coach, I want to now go back to 2011, the program's first ever trip to Omaha. I can remember it like it was yesterday, just you know, not really fully taking in what was happening. I had just gotten back from a wedding. I see Westlake, his three-home run game, and then you get Connor Harrell hitting the first home run in TD Ameritrade history. Is that trip to Omaha a little bit more special than the other three? Um... They're all special. I, I think that if you ask me, Bill, what the part that's the most fun, it's it's winning the Super Regional at your place. Yeah. That, to me, is the best night of all. I, you you can take everything, even the national championship. And the, the, the most fulfilling environment, in my opinion, is when you win that game to go to Omaha because of what the, player, what the players feel, what the fans feel, and what the staff and the families feel because every time we've done it, we've, we've just stayed up all night. You know, it's like a (laughs) a celebratory piece where you're celebrating with your best friends, which is your staff. You know, the players are celebrating with one another. And it's almost like you, you've done something. Well, you have, you've done something really special. You're one of eight teams to go to Omaha. So my mind, that's the most enjoyable piece. And you'd say, well, winning a national championship has to be enjoyable. It is. But it comes with, it, you know, it comes with some work, too, because you, you've got to learn how to celebrate right in terms of orchestrating it. And then there's things that happen after it. And, uh, you know, listen, I never give it back. The fact that we've won two, I don't know how that's happened. I mean, it's... <laughs> You know, to win one is unbelievable. To win two is, is kind of unreasonable. I, I don't know how that happens. But nonetheless, <laughs> um, we were very fortunate. But those super regional environments, those, those are the most fun. And that 2011 situation, I'll never forget it, Bill, because we won. You mentioned Westlake's three home runs. But all the coaches in the staff, yep. Derek Johnson, Josh Holiday, all the wives. We stayed up in the classroom all night until the sun came up the next day and just talked about it. And it was, it might be the best night I've ever had in my life personally. That's just how I felt. That's that's unbelievable. Uh, I want to fast forward now, Coach, to 2014. Program's first national title. You mentioned winning two. This was the first. I mean, this was this was special for all of Commodore Nation winning a national title. 
And what stands out to you when you think back at, at that special group and the talent that they had and what they accomplished? Just maturity. I mean, I, I think that was the thing that was most special about them, how they operated and, and created harmony within the environment. I mean, it was, a, it was a group of kids that were so consistent in their behaviors. And I, I know I've spoken to it before, so I, I sound like a broken record, but I, I can't make anything up. It is what it is. It's, it's just a bunch of older kids that knew how to orchestrate a day knew how to organize it themselves. Um, I never received any phone calls. It was no drama. You're not dealing with high-maintenance activities. You're just dealing with kids that wanted to be around each other. They created a lot of fun within the environment. The locker room was good. But I, I always think that when you have special teams, Bill, it, it comes down to the, the 14, 15, 16 hours away from the field. Because you can, you can organize the activity that happens in your environment, but what you can't control is what happens when they leave it. And when they leave it and create their own environment, that's when I think you have something special, and that's what those kids did. And because of that, what it allows them to do is create a lot of consistency when they get on the field. But you can't have consistency on the If you want to be a good team on the field, you better be good off of it because that thing doesn't happen just by itself. And it doesn't happen with inconsistent behaviors. If, if you've got inconsistent behaviors, it's going to show up on the field. And any, nas any national championship team or NFL team, the teams that are consistent are the ones that are consistent away from it too. And, and that's what we had. So from 2014, I want to go now to 2018. Kind of on the timeline here, Coach, arguably the most competitive and entertaining Super Regional in college baseball history. I think a lot of people would agree with that. And arguably, Coach, you mentioned this, which I thought was really interesting, the loudest Hawkins Field has ever been, possibly, in your mind. How much, you know, do you still stand by that statement, and how much did you think you learned, uh, did you learn about your team in that series? Well, we were so close, but yet, you know, you're inches away from, you know, winning, you know, going to Omaha, uh, learned a lot about their their ability to bounce back. I mean, that was yeah. a mentally tough group, and, and rightly so. I mean, a lot of different reasons. Personal, for sure. Uh, but the youth that came in, the freshmen, whether it be DeMarco and, and Martin, you just had some very young kids that were good at what they were doing. And, uh, oh, Clark, I should say. They, they were. They, that was just a very good group. It was a good group that uh, w w got better throughout the year. And you know, I just felt like once we got down to that that series with Mississippi State, I, I felt like we were playing our our best baseball. And uh, you know, we were. But uh, we ran into a team too that had a little bit of magic. And. Uh, that's that was that was unfortunate. We were just uh, inches away. That ball that Tyler Duvall hit uh, to oh. the morning track. You know, yeah, I know, right? If it gets out, then <laughs> it changes the complexion. But you know what, Billy? In a lot of ways, if 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 we win that game, who knows if we win a national championship in 2019? I think every season yep. is is affected by the last one because of the experiences you have. And I really felt our ability to win a national championship was because of how we lost uh, in, in 2018. I mean, that was an extra inning game in 11 innings. 
we had the big walk off the night before with JJ. But you know what? If we if we don't if we don't win in, or lose in that manner, we we may not win the next year. And I just felt like the fibers that were created on that 2018 certainly helped that 2019. No doubt. And, you know, you mentioned they're all connected. The next season, you know, you guys beat Mississippi State in the SEC tournament, and then they meet you in Omaha as well. You beat them again. So, again, they are all connected. I want to ask you one more here, Coach, before I let you go. What is it like when you're sitting in your living room, you turn on your TV, you see ESPN, Sunday Night Baseball, you see a guy like Dansby and and many of your other guys, not just Dansby, playing on your television set. What What is that like watching some of the guys that you coached and now they're on the biggest stage? Well, I don't take it for granted. I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad that, that they've been able to to maximize their abilities and use Vanderbilt as a as a stepping stone to making money in a game that they love. And I think every single one of them, if you asked them when they were seven and eight years old, they'd want to play baseball, you know, and and, and professionally and, and earn a living by doing it. I mean, seldom is it ever done. But the fact that a lot of them have been able to do it, and there's a lot of them that are trying to do it. I'm just happy for them, but I'm I'm happy on how they handle themselves just as much as anything else. It's one thing to be a Major League Baseball player, but it's another thing to be a Major League Baseball player that models the behaviors of the university and where they came from and, and who they are. And I think that's most important because their family name is what they represent first, but then after that, they represent all the the people and the, the institutions that they were involved with prior to, to getting to the place that they are. So I, I'm happy for them. It, it's, uh, it's a nice feeling, um, and I'm proud of them. I'm just proud of them, and I'm proud of, of what, we've, what they've created here in, at the university in our baseball program. Well, hopefully we can all see more of that when baseball returns soon, Coach, and uh, you know, hopefully we can uh... – uh, see the best version of the Vandy boys, uh, you know, here here next 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 spring. Coach, thanks again for your time. Uh, stay safe. Ho- hopefully, your family stays safe during this time. And thanks for taking the time to join me. Yeah, we're all good, Billy. Thanks so much. I appreciate your time too. Yes, sir. Thanks, Coach. Okay, Bill. That was Coach Tim Corbin, the goat himself. My first time ever interviewing Coach Corbin. That was an awesome interview. Got to kind of go through the timeline of events. We started at 2008 with David Price's historical season in Nashville. We went through to 2011, the program's first ever trip to Omaha. And then we fast-forwarded to 2014, the program's first national title. I talked about 2018, what he learned about his team and how they took that into the 2019 title. So two-time national championship head coach Tim Corbin. He's been to Omaha four times. What a podcast. You've been listening to The Door Report, episode 24, for myself, Billy Derrick, and my special, special guest on today's podcast, Tim Corbin. You've been listening to The Door Report, episode 24, presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring.